हेलो एंड वेलकम टू मैं हू युवा विद निखिल तनेजा माय नेम इज निखिल तनेजा आई एम द को फाउंडर एंड सीईओ ऑफ युवा एंड दिस इज अ वीकली पॉडकास्ट वेयर वी लिसन टू द होप्स ड्रीम्स एस्पिरेशंस पर्सपेक्टिव्स ओपिनियंस स्ट्रगल्स एंड स्टोरीज ऑफ इंडियाज जेन जी युवा दिस इज आवर फर्स्ट एवर एपिसोड ऑफ मैं हू युवा एंड आई एम वेरी एक्साइटेड फॉर यू ऑल टू लिसन टुडे टू अंजलि सुराना founder of full stop a community driven gen z organization that works on social justice issues that has over 120 volunteers and has donated 1.2 million previous products to 8000 women in underserved communities anjali has been recognized by many awards including the diana award and has been part of yuva's kindness training program with instagram india she's also been a mentee uh, of the yuva mentorship program for school students The thing I admire most about Anjali is that she's an 18-year-old. Yes, she's still 18, making an impact in such a substantial way. But she's never thought of this as her duty or responsibility, but as an extension of who she is as a young person of our country. Here's welcoming Anjali Sarana to Me Who You Are. Hi everyone, I'm Anjali Sarana. I'm 18. I'm from Calcutta, and my pronouns are she and her. Um, I'm the founder of Full Stop Organization, which is a youth-led non-profit that's trying to change the way that periods are perceived by society. Anjali hello and welcome to Mehu Yuva uh, I am so happy to have you as the first ever guest uh, and among the first ever guests on the podcast there are many reasons that I wanted to uh, you know listen to you of course I've got to know you a little bit because of uh, the Yuva mentorship program where you came in and were absolutely incredible you've also been part of the Yuva kindness champions program uh, and you were the first cohorts of both <laughs> and I've just been in awe of your ideas your confidence your passion your ability uh, and you know just who you are as a person but primarily i just feel you encompass in many ways what it means to be a gen z today you know someone who's just sharper than us millennials and definitely more than the boomers uh you know no offense to anybody listening but someone who's also doing a lot of things at such a young age but also because i feel like you know there is so much pressure to do a lot of things at a young age anyway right now and i want to get into some of that i'd love to start by asking you a with a question i'll be asking i think every guest on the show uh, it's a section i call mai uh, hu anjali uh, and mai hu anjali is of course for you it won't be for every other guest <laughs> you know unless you only speak to anjali's on the show uh, and yes the show will have uh, stupid humor like this but uh, anjali the first question and and something that i've been really keen to hear about in your own words um, what would you say is your story or your story so far Uh, first of all thank you so much nikhil for having me and for all your kind words you're just you flatter me way too much and not just you even like on our chats but thank you so much um my story okay so i am anjali mehu anjali um i'm 18 i'm from calcutta um this question is already triggering an existential crisis but i think um one one thing that a such a large that is such a large part of my identity now is just um my passion for gender equality um, and i know i'm already like starting uh, with a very serious like topic but i just feel like it's it's is it's is it's indispensable for my identity at this point i definitely think that um you know i've been like a feminist long before i knew such a word even existed and i didn't have to go too far right because i saw cases of injustice right around me within the house within my school within my own community really like pushed me to do something um and by something i don't mean like starting an organization just even having conversations with my parents and um people around me um because i used to think that like feminism or gender equality was common sense but as i grew up i realized that 
what seemed common sense to me was not as common as I had hoped for. And yeah, um, I think just being really passionate about gender equality. So if you're having a conversation with me, this is one topic we'll definitely be talking about a lot. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. But apart from that, I binge watch way too much Netflix than what is healthy for my eyes. Uh, and I think this is something that a lot of Gen Z would say. I I love Harry Potter. I love like um, dystopian fiction. Um, I love historic fiction. I have never seen Marvel and I thought this is important to say because like <laughs> I see a lot of Marvel figures behind you. Um, yeah, and I, I get a lot of raised eyebrows every time I say this. So I'm, I'm surprised that you're laughing and not like, hey, Anjali, why have you never seen Marvel? Yeah, and um, I think I don't have much of a story. I'm 18. It's going to sound really pretentious if I say something like... Um, you know, this happened and that obstacle came and then I just like overcame that and here I am today. I think I'm like growing at this point. Um, I mean, we all do um, throughout, but um, also just don't want to sound really pretentious <laughs> and say that this is my story. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that there is any pretension uh, in, in <laughs> the work that you've been doing and, you know, there's so much impact in that work. The reason that I say this a lot on this podcast, you know, is because when I was 18, <laughs> I didn't have any such things, right? You know, I didn't have any such passions or idea, uh, you know, ideals or, or, or and I, and I, and when I say me, it's not just particularly me. I know most people of my generation, you know, as as a generation that was growing up in the as millennials, you know, we weren't very sure of our identities. I don't think any of us kind of knew who we would end up becoming, you know, the internet was happened to us during our teenage years. Uh, so it was a it was a time where a lot of us were also just trying to find who we are. You know, I mean, for me to eventually, I mean, I did engineering to eventually end up in the field of media. At, when I was 18, even Chetan Bhagan did not exist for me, you know, and even that as an example wasn't there. Otherwise, I could have told my parents that, no, I don't want to do this. I want to be in media. Why? There is one Chetan Bhagat. But I mean, there was no examples. And of course, there's tons of examples around you right now. Uh, uh, so, so I'm, I'm, you know, it, it's so interesting that there's so many other, that's also the reason that so many of you are doing so many wonderful things. Uh, and I'll come to that. But, uh, you know, because you said that you, you were a feminist even before you knew it, uh, I'd love to know a little bit about a little bit more about your childhood, your growing up years. Uh, you know what kind of shaped you to be the person that you are today. Yeah, I think um, before I like get into that question, I think um, you know Gen Z has a tendency to demonize the older generations, especially the millennials. But um, I think a lot of credit um, is due to you because you know you said that you studied engineering and then ended up in media. But the reason why a lot of us, including me, can you know already major in communications like I plan to do is because um, you know a lot of your generation has um, struggled with that and also fought for things like these, right? That has made it a lot more normal for our generation for sure. Um, and you're literally running a company that's trying to normalize things like these. So. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely that. Thanks, thanks for uh, saying that, Anjali. <laughs> this is actually why I started this podcast, just so that I hear good things from people that come on it. So you validated it. I don't think I need to do another episode. I think we're done right away. Uh, 
no, no, I, I, I was just kidding, obviously. And that's really, really kind of you to say that, you know, I, I feel like uh, uh, I do agree. I don't want to minimize the work that a lot of millennials have done, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I do agree that a lot of millennials had to struggle a little bit more. Uh, and a lot of that ended up with, you know, with, with us having a lot of mental health challenges that we went through. At the same time, I, I, I also kind of have to say that uh, I do think it's far more difficult right now than it was then because uh, even though they were not, you know, we didn't have too many options and we had to kind of find our options and find what we loved and our passions, etc. And we had time to kind of do that because we lived in a world or grew up in a world which is pre-internet, right? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm one of the last people, I mean, last, we are, we are the last generation who has seen a world completely before the internet and then see internet happen and then the world after it right and and that's given us a lot of perspective also you know of what a world without you know constant access constant technology looks like and means like right so i i don't want to say that uh uh, you know there's not much work done but i can tell you it wasn't as hard i think i think having too many options also can be really hard so but but thank you for the kind words and and as as, i just as i said love to listen to some of uh, um you know your stories from growing up you know what how 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 did your childhood shape you so um i'm a social media native right um i have never seen like i barely remember a world without smartphones and technology um and of course while that comes with its pros and cons that you know we've we've spoken about all too often at this point um but yeah, like one of the best things about having social media at such an early age is that I was able to learn about a lot more things because even today, like the Indian education system does not cover a lot of important topics such as, you know, um, the LGBTQ plus community, um, sex ed, you know, talking about menstrual health and hygiene, talking about gender violence or racial injustice or casteism and so many different topics, right? And while it's really controversial to say that I've learned about these things on social media, I definitely were introduced to these topics on social media. And that definitely, I think, has, I'd like to say, has made me a little more aware than what my parents might have been at my age or even what my parents are today. Um, I remember I was writing an email um, last year and I ended that with Anjali Sarana, she, her. And my mom's like, what is she, her? Why are you writing that? Um, And I had to explain pronouns to her. And this was last year and she's what, like 44, right? Um, But I think she still doesn't know these things because she doesn't use social media as much as I do. And she obviously didn't learn these things in her schooling while growing up. Um, So it's definitely, you know, um, exposed me. Social media in general has exposed me to, you know, social issues from a very young age, you know, be it about body positivity positivity or cancel culture or mental health or anything uh, along those lines and I think that's definitely one um, not to generalize but one thing that's common in a lot of Gen Z we're really like passionate about social issues and it's not just um, you know learning about them but also doing something about them when I was 15 I really wanted to you know do something more substantial um, than just putting up stories on my Instagram account uh, talking about uh, important topics. So I reached out to around eight or nine NGOs in Calcutta um, that are working on gender rights. Um, and all every, every single one of them said no to me because um, I was just 15 at that point of time and for understandable reasons. Uh, but because I was so driven, it was kind of like when I couldn't find a seat at the table, I tried to like make my own. And that's when I started this nonprofit organization called Full Stop. And 
uh, we wanted to focus on achieving a more gender equal world with the focus on tactic menstrual inequity. But another secondary aim of that was just providing providing platforms for young people like me to uh, contribute to causes that they're passionate about, right? So today, you know, I've had over 120 youth volunteers join our organizations and volunteer at some point of time. Um, and a lot of them keep telling me that, you know, um, I'm so glad I've, you know, there's organizations like Full Stop, not Full Stop alone, because um, it, it definitely provides opportunities for the youth to, you know, be involved and channel their passion into something more substantial. So in general, yeah, I think that like one thing, I keep talking about is like change making, even if it's not like I know that I know for a fact I'm super cognizant that I cannot change the world, but I can feel I feel like I can change my little world around me in whatever ways it is. Right. Um, Be it just calling out my dad when he says something sexist or just telling my teacher that maybe using, um, you know, maybe not assuming pronouns uh, might be a good way to like look at things or just just, you know, just I think there's. I think like when I was growing up, a lot of the older generations made me feel like change making is a mammoth task, which I, which it is, which I agree mm-hmm. it is. But I think um, Gen Z just identifies these small yet ample opportunities around us to make change, mm-hmm. um, you know, and um, acts on that. And I think that collective, um, you know, notion of us making change instead of just I making change is something that's um, common across all Gen Z youth. Even if you look at any any um, global movement, right? Be it uh, France's Yellow Vest movement, be it Hong Kong airport protests, be it the Me Too movement, you will see Gen Z at the forefront because we're channeling this whole notion of us and not just I. And um, I think so. Martin Luther King once said, "I'm sorry, I'm sounding so like going down the history lane." But Martin Luther King said that. You know, every um, every generation has its fraternities of the indifferent and those who are notorious for staying asleep during great movements of social change. But I think what sets Gen Z apart is our like ability to stay awake, to adapt and to face the challenge of change. Right. Because we're in a generation like we're obviously in a unique position because we're the first generation to be able to combine social justice with social media. And that gives us access to an unprecedented reach. Right. It's like we're definitely like have, um, you know, this new form of influence. Um, and I feel like we're using that really well. Uh, there's so many things that you've said that I, I have loved in this, you know, especially about how uh, combining social justice with social media can give you uh, incredible reach, which I think is absolutely something you are doing really well. And a lot of other young people like yourselves are doing phenomenally well. There is, you know, but you've also mentioned that you were very driven to do this at 15 itself. And, you know, uh, why, Anjali? You know, where did this really come from? You know, when you say you were driven at 15, you know, where does that drive at 15 come from? Uh, what happens in a, you know, I think there is something really inspiring and something really uh, amazing for somebody who can take what's happening in the surroundings and turn that into action. You know, so I'd love to know what really was happening in your life when you were uh, even younger than 15, that you just felt the need to do something about it at that young age. So, like, I still remember in sixth grade, um, one of my friends got her period uh, for the first time, right? And she leaked. Um, and um, this was a Tuesday, I still remember. And the teacher just um, asked all the boys to leave class. And then she just gave the girl a jacket and sent her home, right? Like her mom was called. And that girl was so embarrassed that she didn't come to school for the rest of the week. Uh-huh. That was one one thing, you know, even as I grew older, 
you know, when I wanted to use the washroom um, because I wanted to refresh myself because I'm on my period. I'd never say that I'm on my period and I need to go to the washroom. It was always things like, you know, can I just blow my nose or can I just use the washroom normally? Which was really complicated because in eighth grade, when you're trying to go to the washroom and you ask that to your teacher, they all think you're trying to bump the class and they'll most likely say no. Um, but yeah, even when I going to the washroom, right, I'd always had the, I'd hide the pad on the underside of my sleeves, right? Things like this. And as I grew older and I got exposed, I started like reading articles. I started um, reading um, personal experiences. I heard anecdotes as well. Um, I realized how, um, you know, obviously these are really valid problems, the taboo in general, uh, but how like period poverty is a lot larger than that. that there are people who don't have access uh, to period products at all, which, which is a basic human right. Um, and they're using things like newspapers and cloth and um, old socks as alternatives. And I think this was also like one trigger moment where I was like, I just really want to do something was um, I was at home and a domestic worker she she entered my washroom and then there was a pack of whisper pads, right? And she's like, Ye kya hai? Because she didn't even know that yeah. sanitary pads existed because she was so used to like using, you know, other primitive alternatives. And I think when it comes to gender equality, you do not have to ask a girl in India why they're passionate about gender equality, mm -hmm. right? I used to play basketball, right? And football and in the morning I'd wear like shorts and I changed right after practice um, but one day I didn't okay and then during short break one of my teachers asked oh by the way my school doesn't have a uniform um, so I didn't change um, in, in during up until short break right because my classes had started and I thought I'll change in short break um, and there were at least 10 boys in my class wearing shorts but my teacher picked out on me and she's like why are you why haven't you changed yet like why are you wearing shorts and not like in not like she didn't call me aside she just called me out in front of the whole class and yeah, just, just experiences like this, my parents, like, I, and I understand where they're coming from. I'm not blaming my parents for this, just the larger institution, um, not allowing me to go out to so many places. It obviously hinders your growth, right? Um, in terms of, like, for example, we have a school fest, right? And um, till now, I really can't recall the last, um, you know, head. So we have three fest heads, right? Mm -hmm. And I've been a part of these fest for at least like a good six seven years now i don't remember the last female uh president for the fest that we've had um and i i still remember out of the whole board members there's like the president and there's five different departments of which one is hospitality every year the hospitality head will be a female and the rest will just be like a bunch of um you know guy members and like why i find this so surprising is because i will definitely argue that my school is one of the most liberal schools um, in Calcutta at least like we don't have uniforms or co-ed um, which is which is not as common in Calcutta sure. by the way and um, you know we have we have important discussions like we have classes like global perspectives where we talk about um, where we talk about racism where we talk about casteism we talk about gender equality but even after having those conversations there's no effect outside the classroom right so yeah just there's so much so much injustice around me and i obviously talk from a point of privilege there's so much injustice that i haven't faced um obviously at the intersection i mean of course i'm a woman but i'm also like coming from a more privileged socioeconomic background which shields me from a lot of things but there are things that i've obviously read about heard about um 
that get me passionate and really pumped to do something. You know, I mean, you see these injustices, you see these small microaggressions, you know, when it comes to gender, you see a lot of things around you that are, I mean, you speak, you've spoken about privilege, you've spoken about class, you've spoken about so many different things. You notice these things, but how is it uh, that you decide that you should be the one to do something about it versus anybody else? Why you? I don't think I asked why me. I think I asked why not me. Um, I think as a Gen Z, it, it doesn't feel like I'm doing something extraordinary. I feel like I'm just doing something I should be doing, something we all should be doing. You know, maybe if not at this scale. And this this whole um, idea that you have the power to create some change, um, however little it can be, is something that... Um, I, I didn't have to struggle a lot to find that motivation because it was always sort of trusted upon me as a Gen Z, um, you know, member. Um, and yeah, I, I really like, for me, it was, it, I don't even know how to answer this question because it was very inherent sure. that, you know, that um, this is, this is what's right, uh, but what's happening like this, like this, what's happening is wrong and yeah. this is what's right. And, you know, just the bridge between the two is something that I can be or we can be. So yeah, and I also had a lot of, you know, people I looked up to growing up. There was obviously Greta was already famous at that point. There was Malala. There's so many people. Like yeah. I know these are the people who often make it, um, and like the world knows about them. But behind every Greta or Malala who deservedly make make it to the cover of magazines and TV news and stuff, there are thousands of young people working on causes ranging from, you know, racial injustice yeah. to climate change, right? And I think I saw that around me. There's so many of my seniors or people I knew were just, um, again, social media connects us all, right? Yeah. So I was seeing these, um, you know, these little small um, changes that young people were trying to bring about. And I felt inspired to do the same thing. Um, and if not through Full Stop, I'm sure I would have yeah. done it through something else entirely. Yeah. So I, I want to get into my next section, uh, uh, my next segment. But before that, just one last question about uh, you and your life. And, and that's specifically about full stop. You know, I mean, I just want to know how you managed to scale it. You know, the fact that you started at 15, at 18, you've already done just this incredible amount of work there. So I just want to know a little bit about, uh, you know, your organization, the kind of work you've done with it uh, and and uh, how you managed to scale it over the last three years. Yes. So I started Full Stop when I was 16. So Full Stop, um, just for some context, is a youth-led nonprofit that's trying to change the way periods are perceived by society. Uh, we have three uh, pillars of access, awareness, and advocacy, uh, where we were trying to, wherein we're trying to improve access to period products in marginalized communities. We're trying to raise awareness about menstrual health and hygiene practices, um, and past myths and superstitions related to this topic, as well as just normalize conversations about periods to the extent that it's as normal as discussing last night's dinner. So when I started, I had no, like, um, you know, no plan of action, absolutely. I, it was honestly just motivated by a lot of um, passion um, and not just me, people around me as well. And yeah, it's not like I had like any, any like, money um it's not like my parents were you know like funding full stop or anything in the beginning um but again they're just these small ways that we started um i approached a lot of local businesses around me um first three were four restaurants um and i was like this is what we're doing this is what we want to do is it okay if you like you know on one month uh, on one day of each, of each month can you like donate a part of your proceeds to us um 
and they agreed i don't know how that happened but like yeah for the first 3 months we were just resting on that we had a really good like funding um csr funding sort of coming in from those local businesses and yeah like that was like in retrospect that's like a really um small thing that we did but that's what gave us the boost right and once we started doing this we had um you know some money raised to like do distribution drives and host awareness sessions yeah. started doing that and i think again like through social media shared our work and that's when a lot of people started um and this was i started alone and for the first few months i was just working alone like um we didn't have a proper team or anything um and that's when once we started getting catching momentum right after i hosted the first year when sessions and distribution drives um you know young people who again were like passionate like me um just reached out and they wanted to be a part of the team and yeah we just built a team from there i think of the 120 volunteers that we've had um i've only known two of them before wow. like before i started full stop the rest 118 of them i've just came across through social media um right so it's it's great um and from there again like once you just start catching momentum um one thing i'm really proud of is all our work was done by us literally from the incorporation of the ngo like all the legal work and you know filing of documents is all done by people who are under the age of 22 um and i say 22 like the oldest member is 22 most of them are like 18 or 19 or 17 we have members as young as 13 um who are running the organization today and um yeah from there just started um you know approaching other sort of businesses for csr funding there was bajaj that agreed which was great for us um and other companies as well um that you know started uh, supporting us and yeah from there just grew like um of course there were a lot of like obstacles and the way you enter a you know like a meeting room when you're like 17 and you're you know you're wearing a t-shirt that's 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 that says noise um <laughs> people aren't going to take you very seriously right um yeah so um it's been hard of course but um i think the team has been great and they're the ones who really like um channel our vision into like life every year um and even for amfan right like amfan hit calcutta really bad i was yeah. without electricity for seven whole days and it's hot in calcutta and not only was i without electricity i i had no access to the world right i didn't even know how bad like i didn't know if amfan just hit my area or if it affected my friends as well i had no idea whatsoever um yeah but on the eighth day when i regained access to the internet i already got so many whatsapp texts from my friends like hey we should be doing something about this um let's do something and that's what i mean right it's not just me i don't think i'm extraordinary or i don't think i'm different i don't think like um i'm an exception i think i'm just the norm like young people really are quick um in doing things and like for example like even with my dad right like this one is obviously don't want to generalize but just speaking from personal sure. experience right i think whenever i speak to him about change making he is very uh, pessimistic about it right and obviously i don't blame him he's gone through like depressive and um, like depressive as at like the economic depressive sure. times and um, you know he views the world in a different way and i know that you know like even me as i grow older i keep getting less optimistic as well honestly but with young people we 
we're we're just um, obviously it also comes from the fact that we have a lot more time on our hands and we don't have to worry about where we're getting our next meal um, because our parents are providing for us at this point and things like that. But yeah, like I still remember I felt so optimistic the the moment I opened WhatsApp and I think the first five messages were just Hey Anjali, can we do something? How are you? Can we do something? Because all my friends regained access to internet before I did, um, and I think from there yeah, like I put up one Instagram story like Hey, we want to do some arm fund relief work. who all are in and i think 50 people just replied to my story you know the drop um, wow. message thing yeah and then we just had a team overnight and we were doing relief work and the problem then again was because um like covid had just hit right and we didn't know how bad it was there were no vaccines there was there was nothing it just hit at that point like that's when like at least in india that's when we had like a first proper yeah. wave and stuff yeah. um and a lot of people wanted to contribute and wanted to help but didn't want to step out um so the problem at that point was not that there weren't people who didn't want to sort of donate or um help out in any way they just didn't know how to do that so again we were just the bridge between that we like as young people didn't have the resources in terms of um you know money or just ration or dry materials to help people out but we had like time and we were able to take precautions and then we took permission from the government as well to um go out and do this relief work so yeah amazing uh it's just extraordinary work and i and i hope like more people uh find out about your organization join it after this uh but now i want to move to my next segment which is uh, called mai hu gen z no so so the idea of this section is i want to ask you a little bit uh slightly broader questions about uh what it means to be a young person and and really that is actually the very first first question you know i mean what does it mean uh anjali for you to be an 18 year old young person uh living in kolkata in india in 2021 okay why don't you start by telling me what you think it means <laughs> to be a young person and i will take it forward i i wouldn't know what it means to be a young person because i'm not a young person so i can't you literally done a company <laughs> called yuva that works that listens to young people like me and um you know spotlights issues that matter to them so i think there's no better person than you to answer that question that's that's a that's a great uh, table stirred uh, a way of buying time to think about a good answer and that is that is exactly why we, i i thought that you should be the right person to be on this podcast first because you'd be quick on your feet always to think stuff like this okay i will start by talking in specific um to the pandemic sure because um it's the, like you mentioned audio it's i think one of the greatest impacts of the pandemic has been on education right um so i used to be somebody that um used to leave home at 7 o'clock or 7 am for basketball practice and i'd come back home at 7 pm on an average weekday and and, and i just um, i think i must mention you are also apart from the many other amazing things you are you've also been the captain of your basketball team or what what are the school district what is the cool thing that you're doing in basketball um yeah i played state level yep. yeah um, your state level basketball yeah. player that that's just uh yeah thanks thanks for which that which is really funny nikhil because <laughs> if we got the opportunity to meet in person i'm super short i'm like 5'1 <laughs> so the last thing you'd assume about me is that i play basketball I, I don't um, think I don't yeah. think we should we should assume anything about young people today anymore. I think any any and every young person, <laughs> uh, any assumption we would have is would probably be, uh, uh, you know, stupid of us to think of the, in that sense. But yeah, please go on about basketball. Yeah, no. So I used to leave home yeah. at seven a.m. and I used to return home at seven p.m. Right. So 
for somebody who used to be outside home for 12 hours a day you're telling that person that for the next 12 months and even longer you just have to be within your house right obviously that has a huge impact on you in terms of of course like even i mean there are times where i actively realize that you know my mental health is deteriorating and i just need a break but even subconsciously it's impacted me in more ways a lot more ways than i know right i i like one of the biggest things um, when i was talking about this to a friend just yesterday in fact is i really miss these small talks and by small talks i don't just mean asking about the weather um you know i miss talking to the guy and uh, to the guy who sits behind me whenever like you know whenever i'd forget a pen which was every day um i'd ask him for a pen right i miss that i miss um you know um saying hi to the security guard in my school whenever i entered and having like a five minute conversation about them uh, with them about like their children or like how my parents are um i i miss going to the staff room during lunch time and talking to my science teacher i don't take science i dropped it all in nine but you know this one teacher who i really like you know about something that's totally irrelevant so i really and so the thing is even though i've been able to stay connected with some of my closest friends that circle is really small right and i really miss my everyday connections with people um because that's what i feel like i really grew like you know on the uber ride from home to school um we talk about you know mamta banerji or we talk about you know um politics and that's what i learned so much right um that's what i had first had connections with people who were different than me even in school even every, in any way you go right i really really miss that those small conversations i think learning from the environment around you yeah. is is has stopped but also like when we talk about conventional learning Oh my god. So in so the last exam that I gave before um the pandemic like my 10th board exams I'm going to like just mention this not because I'm trying to flex but you should see the like you should see the difference. I globally topped math, okay? And then after the like the first online exam we had what does that mean I got globally, a 14 on 7. What does it mean to globally top math? What does that mean? So I took A level so I took IDCSE okay. in A levels which is the Cambridge board. um and i got the highest in my examination in the world in the world so um yeah wow. <laughs> but no i we don't have to dwell on that but i i i, I want to i i definitely want to dwell on that because it's like every every, no, no. every every minute of this conversation you know it kind of makes me realize you know how much uh uh how, it really makes me unsure of myself the more sure you are i'm like look at this girl and i think i think this is going to be this conversation after me is just any time i i face like uh uh any any issue at work any issue in my startup any issue in my life i just be like if anjali could do all of this why can't you nikhil why can't you uh no so this is this is great this is this is this is really helpful for me uh you know uh, to to this this has been really helpful but yeah sorry go on <laughs> oh also wait i'm going to just pause and like mention something and i'm not doing this for the sake of just rep- you know reciprocating your kindness um but i remember in one of my college applications there was a question what is something that's i mean along the lines of i'm not quoting what is something that's already been built um that you wish you had built and i wrote you wow because i really love what you're doing with you wow and i really wish 
<laughs> I could or can in the future do anything um, that's nearly as cool as you. No, that that actually um, means a lot yeah. to me. Not for not not uh, uh, for me in particular, and we'll totally leave this in the podcast. But this means a lot to me for all the amazing work that everybody, uh, the team at UART does. You know, and I'm really proud of this team. Uh, you know, and and you know Kevin really well. Of course, he's been uh, you know he led led the mentorship program. But everybody in this team has has worked really hard to make you are what it is today. And anytime anybody tells me you know something good about you, I just feel really proud of them even more because I think uh, uh, they're just they're just incredible people. So thank you. I mean that means a lot. I'll take that as I'll 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 humbly take that as a as a compliment purely because it <laughs> means uh, so much uh, from a perspective of of being uh, you know having the privilege to lead this team. So thank you. Uh, but yeah, you were you were saying about <laughs> your you were you were speaking about your Matt, yeah Matt yes, about yes Matt. please go on sorry. Yeah, so I went from there and the first online exam I gave, I got a 14 on 75. Um, so yeah, like for me, at least it, that was a big impact. My attendance at the end of the year was 8% on my report card because I could not like, um, I just, oh, it was so hard just looking at the screen all day from 8 to what, 5 and doing work after that, that's also on the screen. Mm -hmm. um, not only did my head hurt all day, I just, like, it's just so hard to learn um, when you don't have that physical, in-person sort of interaction. Um, and obviously, like, just the fact that I could continue online learning. Um, you know, there's so many people um, in India, like, we're reading these reports, how so many, like, millions of young people are haven't gotten the chance to go to school or access any form of education because they don't have access to, like, digital resources mm -hmm. the way I do. Um that in itself obviously is like a privilege and something I'm super grateful for. Um, but, but like, regardless, I think it's super hard to like learn, learn online um, as a student. And I'm, um, my college is in person next month. So I'm really glad because I, I couldn't continue another year of online learning. It's really been the hardest. It's been so, so, so hard. Um, and what's really bothered me is the fact that not much has been done. You know, you'd expect that when the world is literally coming, I'm not going to say to a standstill, but things are really changing rapidly, right? Um, you'd expect things to have been done, like maybe, you know, syllabus cuts or um, changes in the format of the exam or, um, you know, having maybe open book tech. Uh, tests. I know these are all unconventional, but so are these times, right? You'd expect more to be done for students, but I feel like the system has failed young people, especially with regard to education. We've already seen so much stress uh, with regard to examinations and how they kept being postponed and um, just the whole stress of it. Um, yeah, I just really wish there was more being done. I mean, when I see your profile, when I kind of get to know you, you know, more is really the defining word, according to me, as as somebody who's who's uh, just kind of looking at all the stuff that you have done. You know, you have your whole life ahead of you, right? You know, you could, you can, uh, you can be doing so many of these things one at a time as well. You know, you can get, you know, do only full stop at one point and then you can do a program later, etc, etc. You know, or you could be enjoying basketball as just one thing, you know, and, and you're in the, in the, in the, 24 hours you have in a day, you've filled it up with so many different things. And I see this a lot with a lot of other younger people that I also speak with, you know, uh, or, 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 or listen to, I would say. Why the need to do so much 
at such a young age why is it so important for you is it is it pressure is it is it fomo is it is it about being relevant is it about uh feeling like time is not enough what is it so it's i think like after starting full stop that um i got a lot more involved in other things as well it's because i really loved meeting new people i used to be um I'd say I was pretty introverted before started full starting full stop but it forced me to speak to so many new people and I realized just how amazing people can be right so it was um honestly just about meeting new people everything I've done um I think especially after starting full stop one thing I've done the least is study because of course I was learning but it was a different kind of learning and I really enjoyed the other kind of learning where I was just talking to new people and um learning from them um but of course i'd agree that there's a certain pressure as well i don't think it's informed any of my actions up until now um except like the only thing that i've been pressured to do is study but not any of the other things but now i definitely feel the pressure to like be relevant in a certain way right even when we talk about like social media the reason why so many of us want like you know so many followers or a blue tick it's to be relevant in a certain way because you're kind of um in some way you're and like i'm not saying it should be like this but i'm just saying it i feel like it is like this your you know your your worth in some ways tied to your presence on things like social media or your linkedin profile right um so definitely i feel pressured now like i was already looking at um you know winter internships or something in california and i don't think that was coming from a place of you know let's do something i think that was coming from a place of pressure and i definitely feel like um it's getting worse now like you know how you were saying that you didn't when you when you were 18 you weren't doing the yeah. things that i'm doing i say i genuinely say that to kids who were who are today like 13 or 14 because i see 13 and 4 i see my brother doing so many more things than i did when he i was his age he's um, in grade 6 right now wow. and i you know you see these um nine year old giving ted talks and things like that right i don't know mm. how healthy that is um i mean not to not to uh, disregard any of that am- amazing Absolutely. like achievements yeah, like yeah. wow you're nine and you can do that but also like uh, it's scary right it's scary because because i feel like it's taken a while but for me i've understood now that i'm the one who defines my success right so maybe i won't have the biggest bank balance and maybe the world won't call me successful um but if i have like you know if i'm if i have like a wonderful support system and i'm um able to spend a lot of time with my loved ones and you know uh, work at the intersection of um making a living and um creating some uh change i'd call myself successful right so um I don't think I have anything to prove to others but definitely something to prove to myself. In this segment the last question that I really had was what is what is your dream uh for yourself for your generation and for your country. I know it's a loaded question but oh. you know but uh, I I just yeah. love to know even if it's first thoughts or or top of your head thoughts. Okay so for myself um like super directly i just really want to work at the intersection of entrepreneurship and social impact um and i know that's tough because you know um sometimes when you're sort of um like you said you know like i obviously see like i don't think you could have explained it better don't want to go to the mountains and become a sadhu obviously want to make a living but at the same time really hoping that that's not all that i end up doing um so yeah just finding a good 
middle grounds between that um which is which is why i think what you're doing is so cool nikhil like um you know and that's why i wrote you as well in that answer uh, to that college question um but um for the generation you know i think a lot of um people um feel like you know because their generation has endured something the other generation should as well right i know that's something the, like the millennials have been accused of doing by often but i feel like i see that um in gen z as well already um so and yeah like it's really important for us to obviously acknowledge that we are where we are because of the work of a lot of other older generations especially like for example when i talk about feminism as well right um the reason why we're talking about um issues such as maybe things like um you know why we're not debating whether girls should go to school at all and you know the reason why that's not there was never a question for my parents right should i send my daughter to school or not is because of the work of a lot of other feminists and you know feminist movements that came before my generation right and we're just trying to take that a step forward um so really hoping that the generation can really um let go of these notions that um because we endured something other generations should as well um and really try to make the world better for ourselves but also the next few generations um because that's just you know the process um that's just what has been happening all these years right and i hope it continues to be that way um as for the country i hope we're able to rethink um our 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 def- um to redefine our actually just like rethink our definition of secularism right like even when we gained independence um you know india like one big difference between india and pakistan was because was that we believe in secularism and i know that secularism is very different for very different for many different countries right like for example in france it means probably not being allowed in government buildings wearing um things like a burqa that show your religious affiliations but in india it was never that right like starting from independence starting from ambedkar's india or nehru's india or just the freedom fighters that got us yeah. the independence secularism was never a, was never that for us it was just about you know um <clears throat> being like having these different religions having different um cultures and beliefs and still coexisting right and i see that we're really moving away from that um understanding and we're becoming more and more intolerant um of differences um because india is honestly just a melting pot of cultures right and i hope we're able to um coexist in progress um with again just um going back to the roots of our secularism i hope everyone hears this <laughs> uh these are amazing answers anjali and i'm not surprised uh but uh, you know lovely answers i really really uh hope uh, more people are able to uh listen to what you said and and hopefully incorporate that this section the next section anjali i'm calling uh, uh mai hu interesting uh, so this is a rapid fire section and uh, uh you know there's no timer but but uh, don't take too long <laughs> okay okay um, so let's start What is the one thing you would like to normalize in society? Body hair. What is the one thing you wish we could all unlearn? Um that um gender comes under binary. Love that. What is the one issue that not enough people are talking about? Period poverty. What is the one issue too many people are talking about unnecessarily? 
what Karina Kapoor's baby is called. <laughs> uh, great answer. Uh, the one thing that older folks get wrong about Gen Z today. That we're all only about TikTok dances. Oh, the one thing your parents get wrong about you. That they always need to um, know more about me in um, in every single topic. Like I know they're older and, you know, like know a lot more about a lot of things. But like there are a few topics that I might just know more about them. Than, I, yeah. I love that. What is the one thing that education system needs to do better about? Um, talking about social issues in general. I don't think we talk about it at all. Okay. The best mental health advice uh, you have received? Um, this is going to be a little bit long, like 30, 45 seconds. <laughs> okay, go for like, it. Can I say? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so like I was um, hearing this one talk and they were like, you know, when you're in an Uber, after the first two seconds, you'll probably like start looking at your phone and stuff. And you're not going to be worried the whole ride about who's sort of, you know, like whether he's going to crash the car or kill you or something. When you're on a flight, you know, the whole flight, you're not worried that the flight is going to crash, right? So if you can trust strangers, right? Why can't you trust yourself? Like you've overcome 100% of all the obstacles that have come your way and you're going to continue doing that because you're the driver of your life and you got this. <laughs> yeah. This is wonderful. I, I needed this for sure. Complete the following sentence. The thing I don't appreciate enough about Anjali Surana is? Um, her... Perseverance. <laughs> the reason that you are a feminist is? My lived experiences. The one person or page you, everyone should follow. As the ruler okay, of Okay, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right. Um, is, is it Jamila Jamil? Is, yeah, is that yeah. how we pronounce her yes. name? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. Um, you have, yeah. you want to add why? I just think she's an unapologetic feminist, which is something I'm aspiring to be I really wish I was as bold as confident as her and I wish I could you know not take shit from people the way she does uh this is this is, <laughs> this is a great section that, uh and and this brings us to to uh, our our final section uh in uh, this is a section called Main bhi hu yua, uh, which yeah. is, you know and it actually maybe should be a question kya main hu yua? but uh, but yeah if, if it is if it is uh, Main bhi hu yua, or or uh, uh, which is in many ways an ask Nikhil anything or ANA uh, do you have a, a bunch of questions or a few questions or one question that you would like to ask me uh, that will that will yeah, maybe I... prove that I am young or not young <laughs> Okay, I'll start with the first question. Great. Name all the five Kardashian sisters. Okay, I... Okay, there are five. Interesting, okay. I div- Kim Kardashian, 100%. Mm-hmm. There is uh, Kendall Jenner. There is Kylie Jenner. There is Khloe Kardashian. Um, and there's one more. Khloe, Kylie, Kendall, Kim, and... <laughs> Wait, who's the fifth one? There's a fifth one. Uh, who am I missing? <laughs> I'm googling it, right? <laughs> I don't know. You need to know it, right? How how is how can you ask a question you don't know? How is that like you are feeling the oh, best I as know, well? I know, I know. I'm gonna just say a random name now, Kimberly. <laughs> 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 oh Courtney. Um, I think you miss Courtney. Courtney. Damn, but it, it just yeah. it just feels like you know it should start with C then a K and I think like <laughs> parents have have this is just a misleading thing their parents have done. Okay, okay, what's the next question? <laughs> but okay, four out of five. I'm I'm like Gen Z ish. <laughs> sure, if that helps you sleep at night, Nikhil. 
it very well me actually just the fact that i was not able to get all of them uh, may probably help me sleep better so that's that's really great <laughs> okay um yeah um finish the name of this very famous tv show they were all hooked to spill your guts or spill your guts or i have no idea i have never heard of this <laughs> i don't know what planet this show was on and i and i pride myself on knowing about shows this is like a spill your guts or or uh, uh, we will send you to jail i don't know i mean <laughs> i have no idea what happens what is the punishment no, for not i really gave the answer away i'm so disappointed in you don't kill um it's spill your guts or eat your guts is this show where you know like somebody asks celebrities very like controversial questions and if you who? choose not to answer them you have to eat like these who who hosts the like show where is the show on just google it right now it's like all over the internet okay i i clearly am yeah, not on yeah. the internet okay this is this is sad okay <laughs> i'm i'm disappointed in myself uh but okay i'll yes, try to make it up yeah. in the last question you have you have one more question right i have two more okay you have two more great um was the dress blue or was it golden but this is this is a trick question because it was both <laughs> you know there is i don't think there is there, there is a, a a definitive answer to this question it is it is a beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder the color lies in the eyes of the internet right so i don't think it's a right answer okay we'll take that yeah um what comes after gen z gen alpha Yo, is that like the actual thing? <laughs> yeah, because I really don't know. <laughs> okay, after questions, you don't know what this is. This is supposed <laughs> to test me. <laughs> It, Let me Google it and ask you again. What? Um, <laughs> I'm only one then. You know, I mean, even if it's the wrong answer, at least I know yeah, the wrong Jan answer Alpha. better better than you. Okay, so I know the general. See, see, I'm, I'm uh, I know my terms. Okay, not bad, not bad. I think I was, I was okay. Yeah. Two and a half out of. Yeah, you were. Uh, no, amazing. I think I think that with that, I think we are at the very end of this uh, uh, podcast. And I am. I I just want to say, even before I end the podcast, in that sense, and uh, I am uh, so happy that we could do this. I'm so happy that I could do this. Uh, uh, you know, conversation and and genuinely just listen to you. As I said, I've 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 been in awe of all the things that you're doing. I'm so uh, fortunate that I got a chance to work with you in the work that you've done with Yuva. And for everyone listening, I think please do follow Anjali's uh, you know organization that she started, uh, which uh, uh, you know works on. period poverty which works on uh, you know srh issues in in india uh, they're making uh, you know they're making they're doing so much to give dignity uh, to 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 people who have not had access to uh, menstrual products as well uh, and and it's called full stop uh, the you know anjali do you want to just talk to give the uh, accounts that they can follow you on and full stop on Yeah so on Instagram it's at um it's full stop full stop is spelled with two p's at the end so it's i t s f u l l s t o p p um please do follow us thank you Thank you so much for listening to Mehu Yuva if you like what you heard or watched please like share comment and subscribe to the podcast on all social media and streaming platforms at mehu yuva 
If you would like to be part of the podcast and have a story to share, mail us on mehuyuva at gmail.com or DM us on at mehuyuva or at vryuva on all social media platforms. You can also tell me how much you love the podcast or me on at tanejamehu on all social media platforms. We have new episodes out every Thursday and don't miss them and tell everyone about this podcast. Until next time, this is me signing off as Taneja Mehu, Markithar. Bye-bye. This podcast is produced by Yuva with a completely Gen Z team behind it. Creative producers Isha Sharma and Suyash Agarwal, edited by Shivank Gupta, video edited by Asuf Siddiqui, graphics by Rishika Sikdar, Srishti Chaudhary and Shivank Gupta.